Hey, my friends, welcome to the Grace to Grow podcast. I am Crystal Ward, and we help busy people like you and me grow in our relationship with God today with just a few simple steps. I hope today's message helps you, that it encourages you, and most of all, that it leads you closer to Jesus. Check this out. And tonight, we're going to call this uh, sermon, Build Your Spirit. Everybody say, Build Your Spirit. This is something that I have been practicing in my life for I don't know how long. And so I just really encourage you to get notes and, um, and apply it to your life. How about we pray? And then I'll tell you that story that I promised you. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for tonight. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, Holy Spirit, that you are here with us, that you dwell amongst us, Lord, that you draw us close to you and close to your heart, Lord. Father, we thank you that you are just working on our behalf and you care about us and you have our best interest in mind, Lord. We love you and we want to hear from heaven tonight, Lord. We give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so a few years ago, my husband and I, his name is Pastor BJ. He's not here tonight. He's at home with some children that are under the weather. But um, we do have three kids, uh, Abby, who's serving on the computer. I didn't know she'd want me to point her out tonight, but she's serving for her mom while I'm speaking. And then Emma is our middle child and Evan is our youngest. And we had the bright idea a couple years back that we were going to take them to Colorado. It was the first time that we had taken such a large trip as a family. And it was their first plane ride and everything. We had never done that before. And so we went to Colorado and we loved it. Man, we just really fell in love. We're not moving, Pastor. I'm a Texas girl. Like, can't take me out of Texas. Born and bred. But we did love Colorado. And so one day on that trip, we are driving around and we are sightseeing and we're going up to this large lookout. It's at the top of one of the, uh, one of the mountains there. We went to Breckenridge, if anybody's ever been to Breck. And uh, our GPS stopped working while we're on the way. We couldn't get any signal. And so we're up there and we're like, uh, I, don't, I don't know where to go. And so we, you know what? You're like, we're just gonna drive. We can figure it out, no big deal. So we start driving. And we figured that we could like get to where we needed to go, right? And so while we're driving, the roads start getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And there was some people back there, not very many, but there were some people, but they were like those off the grid kind of people. And you don't just roll up on them and knock on their door. You just don't do that. So we didn't, we didn't feel comfortable stopping and asking for directions. We were a little nervous about that. And the road kept getting smaller all the way down to just tire tracks. And in the middle of Colorado, bear country and all. And so we're like, um, we're trying to get to the highway and this ain't it, right? And so we managed to turn around. It was very difficult, but we managed to 
maneuver around. And so we started to backtrack and head the other direction. And we figured out where we took our wrong turn, right? And so we started to take the correct turns and the roads kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger until we finally found the highway and who knows where on earth we were. We were literally in the middle of nowhere when we finally found the highway. But it was a neat memory. It was, it was neat because we got to see the unseen, right? And so it was really cool. And here's what I want to tell you about that. Tonight, uh, the title of our message is Build Your Spirit. Your spirit is the highway that connects you and God. It's a lot like those roads that we saw in Backwoods, Colorado. It is what connects you and the Lord. And so here's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about how to build that connection. Like a road can be expanded all the way to a highway, right? Those of us that are familiar with old Houston, 1960 used to be a dirt road, right? Not anymore. So look, roads can be expanded all the way out into highways, and so it is the same with your spirit. You may be trying to connect with the Lord and not really feeling a whole lot. Do you ever feel like when somebody takes the mic and they're like, do you feel that? And you're like, no, I was thinking about how I really should have fed my kids dinner before I got here, right? Sometimes we get distracted, but look, if we can build our spirit, then we can build that connection with the Lord. And the more the Lord can pour out and pour into us, Make sense? So I want to talk about how can we grow that tonight. But before we get there, um, here, let's get, let's do our key verse. And then I want to define a few things for you. Here's the key verse tonight. I just love this verse so much. If you've ever been in one of my life groups, which life groups are coming, by the way, actually, I'm going to talk about life groups at the end of sermon. I forgot. I did put a shameless plug in there for life groups. Um, I love this verse. I've talked about it many times in life groups. It's Genesis 2, 7. Should be on your notes. This is in the NLT. This is when God formed Adam. And it said, Then the Lord formed the man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. I love this verse. I love the closeness of the Lord in that moment. In order for the Lord to do that, he must have come face to face with Adam, right? And then he breathed the breath of life into Adam, and Adam came alive. I love it. I love it. And so we're going to talk about some applications of that. But I want to define something for you. Just like the Lord reveals himself in three ways, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he is one Lord, but he is revealed in three ways. You and I were created in his likeness and in his image, right? Genesis chapter 1. So in the same way that God is revealed in three ways, you and I are made up of three parts too. We are made up of our body, and we saw that in Genesis chapter 2, right, our flesh. We are made up of our soul. Now, a lot of the times the soul is what people confuse for the spirit. The soul and the spirit are not the same. The soul is what makes you you. Your soul is your personality. It's who you are. Your soul is made up of also three parts, mind, your thoughts, your will, which is your desires, and your emotions, your feelings, 
right? All of those things together make up your soul, and that is what makes you who you are. But then there's a third part, and it's the spirit. And the spirit is what connects us with the Lord. Amen, y'all good? All right, now the spirit, God's spirit, capital S, our spirit, lowercase s. Hopefully I did not make any typos on those notes because I distinctly put capital S for the Holy Spirit because that's God and lowercase s for our spirit that connects us with him. Now the Holy Spirit, capital S, is referred to in two ways in the scripture. In the Old Testament, he's known as Ruach, which is Hebrew for wind. In the New Testament, he's called Pneuma. You may sound like pneumonia, right? Pneuma meaning breath. And so we're gonna see those repeated over and over in the scriptures as we read some scriptures tonight. All right, so three ways, three ways to grow your spirit. You ready? All right, here's the deal. Let me give a disclaimer. These are gonna be real simple, guys. They're gonna be, you're gonna be like, duh. That's okay. I'm, that don't hurt my feelings none. But I want to give you some things that may be surprising about these three things. Some things maybe, hopefully, maybe new to you tonight. All right, so we've been talking about heaven come down. And here's the deal. The larger our spirit grows, the stronger our spirit grows, the more we can identify what God is doing when heaven comes down. Does that make sense? If we have tire track spirits, right? Lowercase s, tire track spirit, like, like in Colorado, when I was starting to get real nervous, right? Guys, tire track spirit is okay. If you get into a service or you get into a time with the Lord and you're not real sure what's going on and what God is doing, that is okay. It's just not okay to stay there. The Lord loves you too much for you to be distant from him and he wants you to grow your spirit so that you can receive from him more and more and connect with him more and more. The Lord is a relational God and he loves to connect with his children. He loves it. Amen? All right, three ways to grow your spirit. Number one, time with God. Well, that's surprising. Time with God. I'm gonna go ahead and give you all three right now. Number two, time in his word. And then number three, time with, this one may be a little bit surprising, others, not just yourself. God did not design you to be by yourself and to serve him alone. God designed you to serve him with a group of others who love you and who are a family. And we'll show you that in scripture in just a minute. All right, so let's break it down, right? I'm talking about how to grow our spirit. How do we grow our spirit with time with God, which is also known as prayer, right? When we pray, how does, we know it grows our spirit, but how, how does that work? How does prayer grow and expand and strengthen our spirit. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 27, verses 50 and 51. I also love this verse. Probably will say that about all the verses. They make fun of me here. Did you know that? 
They make fun of me because everything's my favorite thing. I just get real excited about Jesus in a live church. I'm sorry. Everything is my favorite thing. Yes. This verse might be my favorite verse today. It said, this is when Jesus is on the cross. Maybe I could not be so silly while we're talking about Jesus on the cross. So Jesus is hanging on the cross at this moment in Matthew chapter 27. And he says, then Jesus shouted again and he released his spirit. That word there is pneuma, what we talked about earlier. And at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. Now, why would the Lord mention that? Why would he say from the top to the bottom? Because the only way it could be torn from the top to the bottom is if God did it. If man had done it, it would be torn from the bottom up, right? So in the Holy of Holies, which is what they're talking about in the temple right now. Oh, I'm about to give an Israel plug. When we were in Israel, we actually got to stand in the closest place possible on earth to the original Holy of Holies. It's, you know, it's, it's nothing magnificent. It's just this brick wall, and it's called the Warren Gate. But it was probably my biggest impactful moment of the whole trip. Standing next to that gate where the Holy Spirit was poured out over the entire earth for the first time. That was, there's no words for that. And so I stood there and I was completely just overwhelmed with the magnitude of that moment. And there was some ladies behind us. I think they were, I don't remember where they're from. They're not, they weren't American. They were behind us and they were just chatting it up. And I really wanted to backhand them. And that was on camera. Sorry. I really wanted to backhand them in that moment and be like, don't you know where you are? Hush your mouth. Because the sanctity, like it just, it, it blew my mind, right? And that is what this verse is talking about. The day that that happened, where the Holy Spirit was contained in an isolated place. If you read in the Old Testament, he would light on specific people at specific moments in time, like King David and, and uh, Samuel and, and all of these, and all these uh, prophets in the Bible. But when the Holy of Holies, when the curtain rent in two, the Holy Spirit spread over the entire earth. And that same breath of life that God breathed into Adam and he came alive is now over the whole earth. And you and I, at any given moment, can pray and connect our spirit with God and receive that same exact breath of life that Adam received in the Garden of Eden. Isn't that incredible? Boy, it changes perception about prayer, doesn't it? Sometimes it is so easy for prayer to become a monotonous thing or something that I do every day or something that I'm supposed to do, I'm supposed to pray today, right? But when we pray, if we will connect God's spirit and our spirit together, you become in Adam's place and the breath of life is breathed into you. And that is why Romans chapter eight says the spirit of God gives life to our mortal bodies, just like it gave life to Adam in Genesis chapter two, right? So pray, amen? Pray, how long should I pray? 
Do your best. Give your best to the Lord, right? Give your best to the Lord. So on days when I can't spend extended times in prayer, right, I'm connecting with the Lord all day long because the Holy Spirit's poured throughout the whole earth and I can connect with the Lord in Kroger as I can connect with him at home. But can I tell you, that is good and it's valuable and vital and and wonderful, but it's not a replacement for one-on-one quality time with God. Can I say that? It's supplemental, right? Me and my husband, if we only communicated through text and phone calls, I mean, text and phone calls are great. He sent me a text when we were in church the other day. He was texting in church. He sent me a little text, I love you. I didn't answer it. I was holy. I told him I love you later. Those are great things, right? Wonderful things. But if that is the only time he said I love you, if on the phone is the only time we connected with each other, our marriage is going to be in trouble pretty quick. You agree? Right? So, Our connection with the Lord as we go throughout the day is supplemental and wonderful and can draw you closer to him and can build your spirit, but it's not a replacement for one-on-one quality time with the Lord. Both are important. Amen? All right, let's move on. Okay, number two, time with his word. Time with his word. That's number two. Okay, I promised I'd give you something, maybe a little bit of a different thought on time with his word. We know we're supposed to read God's word. We know that it's good for us to read God's word. We know that it retrains our thinking and reprograms our mind to be like Christ, right? We know those things. But how does specifically reading his word build our spirit? Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. I'm not going to say it but I want to. It says, you have been taught by the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired. Say inspired for me, please. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us. Ouch when we are wrong, and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. All right, I had a conversation one time with a, uh, with a, 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 um, a teacher that was a, a coworker. Couldn't get that word out. I had a conversation one time with a coworker. I used to I used to be a high school teacher. For those of you that don't know, I taught high school world history 15 and 16 year olds for seven years, and I lived to tell the story. That wasn't my permanent calling. This is my permanent calling, um, but it was good for a season. And so I was having this conversation with one of my coworkers, and he was like, "You know, the Bible was inspired by God, but written by man." It's all written by man, is what he said. Sweetheart, let's talk. That word inspired right there, I didn't call him sweetheart, is theonoustos. Theo meaning God, noustos meaning breathed. You may recognize it again for pneuma or pneumonia from the breath, right? 
theonoustos. So what it is really saying, if you look at verse 16 again, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. This is why. This is why it is useful for teaching and useful for correction and useful for retraining our mind. The reason why is because it is God-breathed. That same breath that God breathed into Adam and he became a living being, God also breathed into his word. And every time we read the word, we're gonna talk about how to read it in just a second. Every time we read the word and we connect with the Lord, he breathes that same breath of life in your spirit and your spirit grows. Isn't that cool? I'm preaching to myself because I think it's cool. I think it's awesome that I can go and I can get in his word and I can receive the breath of life through the word of God. Now, last week, last Wednesday, Pastor Jimmy read a verse from Acts. And um, he was saying, this is how we often read the word. I will tell you, I have been guilty of this many times, okay? And he read it like this. Um, I don't think it's on your notes, but uh, I think it should be on the screen. It's from Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. We're not going to read all of it. But he said, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask for alms to those who entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Okay. Look, you don't have to raise your hand, but I will raise my hand that I have read the word of God like that before. Because sometimes we know I'm just supposed to read the word. And we get in there and we read it and we check off. Actually, my little, my little Bible app, when I read it, I, I get to do a little check mark like that. It makes me real happy. I love it. So, so look, we read it. We're like, done. Read my Bible today, right? Okay. But if you will connect your spirit to God's spirit while you read the word, then the breath of life is breathed into your spirit, right? So let's try it again. Now I'm going to connect with the Lord while I'm reading it. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. Already the word together stands out to me. The ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried. He was carried. Isn't that amazing that he had friends to carry him, right? You see how when you're connecting with the Lord, the Lord will start pointing things out to you. And that's breath of life, right? That's why the word is living and active, Hebrews 4.12. And it says, in whom they laid daily. They did this every day for this man. At the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. That's pretty neat. It's called beautiful. To ask for alms from those who entered the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, asked for alms. And look at this. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. There's about 10 sermons in that passage. Do you see the difference there? You see how uh, we, we had a, a young lady long, long, long time ago. None of y'all. She don't even live in Texas anymore. Poor girl. Y'all didn't catch that. That's okay. So she read 
12 chapters out of the Bible a day. 12. But her life didn't line up. She read 12 chapters a day, but was not living a life that that was pleasing to the Lord. So look, there's a discrepancy there, right? If we will read scripture as much as you can and connect with the Lord and let him breathe life into you, it is so much better than reading volumes of scripture unless you are connecting with the Lord while you're reading volumes of scripture, then you're gonna be super beast Christian. All right, do y'all see that? And this verse actually brings me to number three, time with others, time with others. Man, I was trying to think of like what verse to use to connect this with God's spirit, you know? And then I I feel like the Holy Spirit pointed this out to me. Acts chapter two, verses one and two. It says, on the day of Pentecost, All the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, first of all, they were together. Why don't you circle that word together? It keeps coming up. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven. Heaven came down. Like a roaring of a mighty windstorm. There's that word again, right? Ruach in the the Old Testament, wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Let's look, let's look at another verse. Let's pair them together. James chapter five, verse 16. Now, this is one verse, but often people quote the first half or the second half. A lot of the times people don't quote this verse together, but it is one verse. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Now, that's not talking about confessional. That's talking about relationship. That's talking about, man, I'm really struggling. I really, I, I need your help. What do you think about? What did you do about? Can you help me pray about? There's a life group plug right there, guys. Life groups are coming, right? February 16th. That's in two Sundays. That's two Sundays? Yeah, two Sundays from now. Not this Sunday, but the next. I encourage you, get in a life group. Because when you get in that life group and you get with other believers, other people of God, then the breath of God can be breathed there. Jesus said, where two or more are gathered in my name, I am there in their midst. Isn't that cool, right? And so you can get together and you can feed each other's spirit together. It's super healthy. By the way, our life groups only last one hour, right? The, the content part of the life group only lasts one hour. So now whether you stay and talk for another two is up to you. But you can book it at one hour, and that's it. So it works into your schedule. So it says here in James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Isn't that neat? that we're healed through relationship with one another. Why is that? Because the spirit of God that's in you, as I come to my relationship with you and we, and we serve the Lord together and we spend time with each other, then your spirit encourages my spirit, right? Your spirit feeds my spirit and so on. And that's a powerful thing. And it says, so that we may be healed. And then it goes on to say, 
and this is the one that's typically quoted separately, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Wow, isn't that incredible? Life groups every week, that can be happening, right? I mean, the day of Pentecost was a really big life group. We don't have 120 in our life groups. That's called a service, but it was a group gathering together, right? And and meeting together and the Holy Spirit was poured out on them. Here's something I wanna tell you. And I wanna say it gently. I don't wanna say it cruel or mean. Worship team, you can go ahead and come on up. I don't wanna say it cruel or mean. Here's what I want you to know, guys. Lone Ranger Christians, Lone Ranger, Ranger, Lone Ranger Christians are weak Christians. Can I also tell you that they're not happy Christians either? Think about the people that you know that are Lone Ranger, right? They're not happy. They don't have the joy of the Lord. They don't have the encouragement of the body, right? Look, I know that there may be some of you that may want to buck on that statement. That's okay. Take it to the Lord. Look in the Word. In the New Testament, how many times did you see people alone? In the book of Acts, how many times did you see the Apostle Paul alone? Even Jesus himself was rarely alone, only to pray. Does that make sense? So if that upsets you tonight and frustrates you, I, I didn't put it in there. Jesus did, okay? And Jesus doesn't want you to serve him alone. Now here's what, here's what happens. Look, no one is perfect. And I know many of us, myself included, have been hurt by other Christians. I get it. I get it. But how many times have I hurt somebody and I didn't know it? How many times have I hurt somebody and did know it and had to go and fix that broken relationship? Many times, right? People are human. God is not. And he designed us to do this thing together. We are better together. And so what we have to do is we have to give each other grace and we have to allow the Lord to heal our wounds and mend our broken hearts because hurt people hurt people. Did you catch that? Hurt people hurt people. And can I tell you nine times out of 10, it's really not directed at you. It's really not even about you when somebody does something stupid. Most of the time, it's what's going on on their insides and you're just catching the end of it. Most of the time, they're just broken. And then we just get the, the lash of that. Does that make sense? So I wanna encourage you, don't do this thing alone. Get with a group, a body of believers. We encourage you to do that here. Some of you guys are guests tonight. We would love for you to be a part of the family and to do this thing together, right? But wherever you go, get plugged in, serve, be amongst a family and support one another. Give grace to one another. Pray for one another so that you may be healed, right? Then the Holy Spirit is poured out on that because where two or more are gathered in his name, Jesus is in the midst. The Holy Spirit is poured out on that and you grow. Lone Ranger Christians, 
the ones that I know rarely grow. Does that make sense? So if you want to grow in your walk with God, you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone, walk out the door, not this door, the door of your house, and go be with some people. And when you do that, you will grow. Now here's the thing. There are some people that we know that like these people have, have you ever heard of this? Like you'll hear it, ooh, that person has a spirit of a lion. You ever heard that before? Whoa, like, and then sometimes that person will pray and you're like, whoa, back up. Because the power that comes out of that person when they pray is sometimes a little startling, right? Or a lioness. Here's where that comes from. Jesus was the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's both the lion and the lamb, right? I want you to know this. Some of you may want that in your life. Can I tell you how to get it? What's on your notes is how to get that. God is no respecter of persons. And so if you see somebody that's like, wow, they are such a powerful person, they have been doing that. What's on your notes? Another thing is, if you notice, all of our points tonight have the word time in them. Did you see that? We may have missed that slide. I'm sorry for those of you that like to fill in all the blanks. Time may be one of our greatest commodities, even more than money. You think? For me, it is probably because we're so busy all the time. But notice that all of these things require investment in time. It's like, Lord, why would you ask for the one thing that I have so little of? But isn't that neat though? What a way to glorify him and to worship him than by giving him that which we have the least of. Does that make sense? It's an investment into a spiritual bank account, right? Every time you decide to put the Lord first and you do these things, your spirit grows and you grow as a man or a woman of God. And over time, your time over time, you grow into this really powerful man or woman of God, the kind of person that people are like, whoa, like that she or he, like they are a man of God or a woman of God. Does that make sense? Here's what I wanna say over you. Let's bow our heads. Lord, let us become people of prayer in Jesus' name. Let Alive Church and everyone that calls this house home become people of prayer with every head bowed and every eye closed. If that is something that you want, why don't you just raise your hand to the Lord. Lord, help me become a man or a woman of prayer that seeks after your face, Lord. Yeah, hands all over the place. Help me become, Lord, a man or woman of your word that devours your word and plants it in my spirit, Lord. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, every time I get in your word that you would bring it to life. You pray on your own. Lord, in Jesus' name, ask him this. Lord, illuminate your word for me. 
pour your word into me. Hide it into my heart, Lord, so that I might not sin against you, Father. Plant it in me, Lord, so that whenever whatever comes out will not be of me, but it'll be of your word, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, grow our spirit, Father, in the name of Jesus. Our lowercase s by your capital S. Grow our spirit, Lord. In Jesus' name we ask you, Lord, put us around people, Lord, that are like you. Wow. I feel that, guys, that maybe some of you are are really wanting friends or encouragement of other believers. And if that's you, just tell the Lord that, Lord, would you plant me in a group of believers that we can encourage each other, that we can support each other, pray for one another. Would you do that, Lord? Here's the deal. When he does it, because he will, because it's his will, you'll have to step out of your comfort zone and walk through the door. Here's the last thing. All of these things, I believe, hinge on one primary thing. And that's a heart that wants Jesus. All of these things hinge on a heart that says, Lord, I want you. Lord, I need you in my life. I need to be close to you. So if that's you, if that's your heart, why don't you just acknowledge that to the Lord? Just lift your hands up to Jesus. Lord, I want to burn for you, Lord. I want to be close to you. I want my heart to be on fire for you, Lord. Lord, we are raising our hands to heaven, Father, and we say, Lord, burn in us, Lord. Lord, we want to know you closer and closer, Lord. Lord, we want to desire your presence in the things of you, Lord. Lord, to give ourselves to prayer, Lord, to be hungry for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that over the entire room, myself included, Lord, people who are hungry for you, Lord, and who are going after you, Lord, every single day, Lord, we're going after you, Father, as you draw us close to you. Thank you, Lord, for drawing us closer, Lord. Thank you, Father, that as we apply these things, we grow in you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Father, I pray over your people tonight, Lord. I bless every single one of them, Father, in Jesus' name. And I pray your spirit on every person, Lord, as we close out tonight, Father. Lord, as we walk out of this place that your spirit is on us, Lord, and we go with you, Lord. We go wherever you go, Father. We love you, Lord. We give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we hope you enjoyed the message today. We hope that it inspired you and that it brought you closer in your relationship with Jesus. If it helped you, why don't you just click the subscribe or the follow button right now so you can stay up to date on all of our latest podcast episodes. For more information and resources, you can head on over to crystalward.com. And we would like to get to know you. You can find us on all your favorite social media channels. Hey, we are so excited to be on this journey with you as we lean on God's grace to grow together. See you next time.